What is up, horror nerds? For the first time ever here on the 3FN Podcast Network, it is time for the very first episode of the 3FN Horror Show. What? That is right. And uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about what we're doing here. But first, I am your host, also the host of the flagship 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich. And joining me for this episode is one of the other co-hosts on the 3FN Podcast. You know him as the gray-bearded wizard. It's Ron. This is I. It is you. It is I. It is Ron the Gray. It is not Diesel. (laughs) No, it is you. Well, well, Diesel probably won't be on too many horror shows. (laughs) Let's let's be honest there. Diesel is not the horror movie aficionado, if you will. He is. He's scared of his own shadow. Yes. When we used to get uh, wings at the one place that's closed, uh, now uh, the server used to just put us separated by gray beard and red beard. Gray beard and red beard. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) That's why I said you're the gray bearded wizard. I am. Well. What we're doing here is a little extra content for you fans of the 3FN podcast. And uh, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I kind of miss doing Horror Zone 607. Obviously, the, it ran its course, you know, for, for multitudes of reasons. However, it's not a shot, not complaining, not saying anything. But because I like talking about horror films, I said, you know what? Let's do something on the channel. So twice a month, for the most part, every other week, we are going to do a 3FN horror show. And what it's going to do is we're going to review horror movies of the past sometimes it'll be a new horror movie and sometimes it'll be even fan films in in and of the such sometimes it'll be uh you know super b films we're going to do everything from major franchise movies like halloween and friday the 13th and nightmare on elm street all the way down to you know fan films it's kind of crazy isn't it (laughs) so every every couple weeks you're going to get a horror review there's not going to be any news there's not going to be any bells and whistles it's just going to be a horror review of a different movie every week and in honor of October, we're actually going to be doing three this month. Nice. Because we're going to be doing the first episode here, which is going to be Trick or Treat, which we just got to see on the big screen. Yes, um, we did. It was nice. And it was very nice. The second one is actually going to be, we're going on Sunday to see Terrifier 2. So actually next week you're going to get a special one. And instead of just putting it out as a bonus one, I figured why not be a horror show too? And then at the end of the month, you're going to get one more, which was our already planned one. And that's the original Halloween. Oh, that's right. So we're doing the original Halloween from 1978 yep. as our last third one. And sometimes Ron will be with me. Sometimes it might just be me. Sometimes it could be some of our other friends. Maybe it'll be somebody else joining me and Ron. Maybe it'll just be somebody instead of Ron. And sometimes it's going to be some of our podcasting friends. So that's another thing. I can reach out to other people. That it's a little harder to have people on the 3FN show because with the three of us already, I feel like that's a lot of voices. So adding a force sometimes is a little eh. But with doing this and maybe some other things in the future, that will allow us to uh, collaborate with some of our other content uh, creator friends. Nice. Not to mention some of our friends that you might not know even. Some of our just regular friends. You never know. Maybe we'll let Tone back in the studio. Tone deserves to be back in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get him on some episodes. I'm yeah. going to get him on some stuff. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, I'm also going to give you this. When we're talking about older movies like Today and Trick or Treat on the show, we're not going to do it in the exact, you know, everything's usually the 3FN movie club format, which is going to be the case here as well. With the exception of when we're talking about older films, we're not going to do spoiler alert. Uh, We're going to just assume that everybody's either seen it. If you haven't, then, you know, maybe it's time to check out and go see and then come back uh, when we start talking about the movie. Now, when we do like Terrifier 2, which is a new film, we will do the spoiler alert there. We'll do exactly how we do it. So that's how we'll differentiate between new and older movies. Just so everybody knows up front, once again, we'll remind you it is the first episode. So we're just trying to get a lot of this out of the way. But let's be honest. 
When you guys saw the title of this, you're here to hear us talk about trick or treat, not to hear me talk about everything set up into it. So <laughs> let's dive right in, shall we, Ronald? Sure. So first of all, let's read the synopsis from IMDb like we like to do. Five interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A woman who loathes the night has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband. And a mean old man meets his match with a demonic supernatural trick-or-treater. I feel like that's accurate I mean, of everything that happens. Technically, yes. I, I wouldn't say that it's actually four tales. We'll talk about that when we talk about the okay. movie. Okay. They added in the little beginning part. Yeah. So I get why they did it, but yeah, I would it, say it's four instead of five, yeah. but that's just me. So, well, I mean, I, I understand. I can see both. Yeah. I can see both. So Trick or Treat was originally released on uh, December 9th of 2007 at the butt Numathon. <laughs> I oh, wish right. I was making this up. No, I, I kind of remember hearing that, but I don't remember what the thon was. like. Uh, yeah, I don't remember either, but it was released far wider on October 6, 2009. So it's it's one of those interesting things that actually came out in 07, but didn't get a wider release until 2009. It is also one of those movies that did not get a theatrical release. It was shown in some smaller theaters and stuff like that, like a lot of independent films are, but it was a straight to DVD yes, or, you know, Blu-ray, depending upon how you bought it at that time, because Blu-ray was still kind of uh, new. new at the time in, in 2007 and 2009. Uh, this movie, usually we save this for later, but the movie did have a budget of $12 million. There is no box office. We just explained why there's no box office. And uh, I, I did not do my homework and find out how much it made on uh, DVD sales, which is also hard to find anyways. Uh, next up, runtime for the movie, a, a slim 82 minutes, an hour and 22 minutes. This is my kind of horror movie, uh, it, Ron. It, it's, it, isn't, it is slim, but it, it feels a little longer because like, there's a lot going on. But it's not doesn't feel that way bad badly. I was gonna say it feels longer in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, this movie was directed by Michael Doherty. Uh, Michael Doherty has got quite the filmography, by the way, especially as a writer. Michael Doherty wrote Godzilla vs. Kong, wrote Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, wrote X Men Apocalypse, uh, mm -hmm. Krampus. If you will, yeah, Krampus. Uh, yeah. What you didn't like Krampus? No. <laughs> How about the fact that he wrote Superman Returns? Does that do it for you or not? Nah? Well, Brendan Roth was great in it. That's true. Uh, but I said he was the director because also on this uh, movie, he he has directed Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is pretty badass and Krampus. Uh, his first basically major production was Trick or Treat, starting with a short and moving into the movie. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. But Godzilla King of the Monsters, I was a big fan. I know there's a lot of uh, people who didn't like Godzilla King of the Monsters, but hey. That's just me. So Michael Doherty did write and direct this film. And the movie uh, had a cinematographer, of course, and that would be Glenn McPherson. And he is known for doing, since uh, Trick or Treat, he did uh, Monster Hunter uh, in 2020, Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, uh, Momentum, Resident Evil Retribution, The Three Musketeers, the one from uh, 2011, Ron just so you're not confusing with something else. He also was the cinematographer on The Final Destination, and one that we really enjoy that maybe we'll talk about sometime, Rambo. Oh, nice. Remember the one when he was over in uh, yeah, Burma? Uh, yeah. Uh, supposedly, the estimated uh, domestic video sales was $12 million. 12 million 
428,000. No. Well, so, it made its money back on the video sales. Yeah, Blu- Blu-ray outshined the DVD sales by a million. But going back in time, uh, uh, he did Exit Wounds, by the way, with DMX and uh, Steven Seagal. Remember that movie? Uh, he also did Romeo Must Die. <laughs> wow, I, liked Ro- I liked Romeo Must Die. I, I did too. I'm just saying. That's that's kind of like his older stuff on here. He started off in TV with like sliders and stuff like that. Sliders so, I mean, was great until season four. Oh, absolutely. Like So this is a good cinematographer. I, gotta, I give him a lot of credit, uh, except for all about the Benjamins. The Ice Cube, Mike Epps movie. <laughs> oh, he did Friday After Next, too. I'm, I'm fucking in. We're, ba- we're back in. We're back in. We're, we're back in. And those were before Trick or Treat. Uh, some of the ones, as I mentioned, were after Trick or Treat. But Glenn McPherson did a fucking hell of a job here. Well, this movie has a cast, as most cast. movies do. And it has one hell of a cast. I got to throw that out there. First and foremost, Anna Paquin's in this movie playing Lori. Uh, we'll talk more about her role a little little bit, but everybody knows that Anna Paquin from True Blood, uh, amongst other Jesus. X-Men. X-Men, yeah. Uh, she was also in uh, The Squid and the Whale, The yep. Piano. Uh, <laughs> you got to always she, love it because she was a young girl in The Piano. Yeah, she's uh, she's in the new uh, Front of the Family. Yeah, she was also in the brand new uh, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Yes. So she's been in quite a bit of stuff. Uh, next up for what we have is Brian Cox in... The name is going to sound familiar to everybody because, shit, he has been in literally everything. everything. But uh, best known on IMDb for his role in Troy mm-hmm. as Agamemnon, uh, Adaptation X2, X-Men United as yep. William Stryker, yep. uh, Succession, and so many more. Brian Cox has literally been in everything. We even talked about Brian Cox not that long ago because he's in the 25th hour, which you yep. brought up uh, a little earlier. Then Dylan Baker plays uh, Steven. And uh, Dylan Baker has one of my favorite roles in this movie. We'll talk about it when we go through the thing. But Dylan Baker's also been in Hunters. Uh, He's also been in uh, Selma, Mm -hmm. uh, Revolutionary Road, Happiness, and so much more. Like, this dude has done a ton of work. When you see him, you know him. I'm going through the list right now to make sure I'm not missing anybody. But I I feel like we've got everybody that was a major player in these movies before we dive right in to the review because we're not going to do a recommendation uh we'll save that for the end in the score so what makes this movie unique is i've always said that trick-or-treat reminds me of a movie from what i consider the golden age of horror and that is the 1980s mm-hmm. but it was made in the you know early 2000s and why i say that is it just feels like a classic timeless tale mind you it is kind of an anthology movie but it's also intertwined together and it's done in a unique and interesting way so if you've never seen the movie before i really do suggest seeing it before you hear us talk about it because there's nothing that's going to beat seeing it for the first time kind of blind into it yes but so i'm just gonna give you that warning but i'm assuming everybody who's sticking on has already seen this movie so one of my big likes is how they do this movie we open up this movie it kind of opens up a little hot uh, we see a guy and her wife, you know, a, a guy and his wife coming back from the Halloween. His wife is kind of being the Ebenezer uh, Scrooge, if you will, yeah. of Halloween, and she's going to take down all the uh, decorations. Well, and we well, notice that she's being stalked and stuff. So this is the first clue that something's awry. Yep. And then she does get attacked, and one of the coolest kills, or we don't even see the kill, we see just see the aftermath. Like, literally, her husband comes down, like, as he falls asleep watching porn, because she tells him to go get warmed up with the video, He's like, and the video just happens to be porn. <laughs> well, you know, he, you know, she needed a little extra. Starting that engine up, right? Yeah, you know. So, when he comes and looks for, like, her 
there's a leg in the, like you notice a leg and an arm and you know it's her leg and arm yeah, even though there was fake ones up all around anyways but you but know make, it's her and i'll give them credit they make sure that they uh, zoom in on the bloody hand with the wedding ring on yep. it just so you know but then when you get the big reveal is he takes off because they had all these scarecrows up he pulls the sheet off of one that's lit up and it is the wife with <laughs> lights around her and in a in a, in a lollipop shoved wide into her mouth and she is dead as shit <laughs> and her head is on top of a spike it is it is a great open from there, we dive right in, and the way that they do the storytelling is it's not like a normal anthology movie where you go, okay, we go to this story, to this story, to this story, to this story. Instead, they kind of jump around. So it says earlier in the night, and we meet you know, a chunkier kid who's got his pillow sack, and he's dragging it through the streets, and he's going to interact with the principal. Yes. And then at the same time, we go into a uh, store, uh, a costume store, and there is these four young girls getting you know, the slutty Halloween costumes, if you will, except for one. One is Little Red Riding Hood. The rest of them are dressed up as slutty princesses. Yes. And then we then skip over and we meet, uh, because of the principal storyline, we meet Mr. Krieg, who is the final storyline, which is played by Brian Cox, at that point in juncture. And then we jump over and see the kids who are trick-or-treating who are part of the other story. So they kind of mix everybody in. And then the first 10 minutes or so, you've gotten to meet all the main characters of this movie in their four stories. And now you start to jump around between the stories. And that is kind of what I like. I don't think it's too confusing. I think they do it in a very nice way. And I love how they use, go. they're going to go back in time and they're going to show you it through different people's eyes in the same scene. Yes. And I think it's beautiful and it's perfect. First of all, let's talk about the principle. Let's just, we'll, we're gonna, <laughs> we'll, we'll break down these stories a little bit. The principal is obviously tired of uh, the students, and we're going to give his whole story except for the part that goes into another story. But he uh, has this chunkier kid on his porch. He gives him candy, and then we find out what, Ron, about the candy. It's poisoned. Oh, yeah. And so the, the kid starts throwing up blood everywhere, <laughs> literally everywhere, including all over him. Yes. And then he takes this kid to the backyard to bury him in a hole. And while he's there, that's when we get to meet Mr. Krieg, who's part of the other story. Because he comes out because his dog is barking and, and and our bad guy throws a, a one of the kid's fingers to the dog to eat. <laughs> here, here, go fetch. But Quiet. one of the kids tries to come back to life and he ends up killing the kid. And it's just it's actually played really well for humor. Yeah. So in the meantime, his kid is just a little, you know, crazy and rambunctious. Once again, we're skipping ahead here to get to the end of the story. <laughs> Kid's yelling out the window, Dad, I'm home! While he's trying to bury and be quiet. Like, be quiet. Be quiet. Don't tell anybody what's going on. So he tells them they're going to carve the pumpkin and everything, and you think everything's normal. And then all of a sudden, when the, the guy goes back in the house, you think maybe something happened to his kid, you know, because we've already seen him one kill in this movie. Yeah. So you think something happened to the kid. It doesn't. That's not what happens. He ends up scaring his dad a little bit, and then they go to the basement to carve a pumpkin. And his dad's got the knife behind his back, and you're like, oh, shit, he's going to kill his kid, isn't he? He's upset that the wife died. Yeah, he's <laughs> going to kill his kid, isn't he? Yes. He's going to do it. We, we all think it. This is a murderer. The kid has finally pushed his buttons. You get the look on his face. And then they get to the basement, and they're staring at something in the basement, which we assume, uh, assume is the pumpkin. And he puts his hand on the kid's head, and he pulls back the knife, and you're like, oh, he's going to stab this kid. And he jabs the knife down into something. And we think it's the kid's head. And then all of a sudden, the kid's like, Oh, you got to help. Let's make this one look scary. You got to help me with the eyes. So when it turns around finally and you hear the knife moving and then all of a sudden you turn and there's, the, it's, uh, there's like a lazy Susan. And when yes. it spins, it's the chunky kid's head <laughs> that they're decorating 
as a jack-o'-lantern on the thing. So the kid is just as psychotic as his dad. Yep. So that was the reveal so, there. So he probably killed his wife. <laughs> so in that story, how did you? what did you like about that story? What did you feel about that story? What did you not like about the story, Ron? It was actually a solid story. Like, it, it, it was enough to be like, all right, so yeah, he's the principal. All right, obviously, you know, the fat kid's going to get it because he makes, oh, those candy can't be good for your diabetes because he wasn't there. He was a science that says, take one and the kid's taking it all. And so he's just like, all right, here, eat this. And then he just starts puking because it's poisoned. And the kid, you know, goes. And then, then it leaves you to the suspense of, okay, he drags him in the house. Other kids show up. And when you show when they show up, he hands them candy and then closes the door. And then, he, then you see him dragging the body out the back. So you're like, okay, so he just killed the kid. You have no idea what's going on. You have no idea he has he has his own kid until he's trying to bury the body. And then, then you're just like, oh, he really doesn't like kids. He's going to kill his kid. Like, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a solid start to this, you know, to a, well, it's a, it's a good second story. Yeah. The, the move forward. Yeah. I, I thought it's, it's masterful. I think the way they did it, there's a little bit of humor in there. There's a little bit of intrigue. Yeah. And then you add in the kid stuff and you're like, oh man, he's going to kill his own kid. I superb. So during that though, he does mention that he's, the kid wants to go to the parade with his dad and the, the dad's like, no, I'm going, I got a date. Yeah. I'm going by myself. I got a date. So let's fast forward to where the parade is because our four girls, yep. the three, one, so they start trying to, uh, you know, there's a lot of innuendos and if you pay attention, you'll know what's going on. Uh, Cause if you go back, you really can hear yeah. their conversation kind of like not teasing what they are necessarily, but kind of teasing that there's more to them than meets the eye, if yeah. you will. So as they're going through uh, the girls, the sluttier girls are picking up guys to take to this party and then the last girl, played by Anna Paquin, is by herself, and she's like, they're like, I'll, I'll get there. I'll find somebody. I'll make it there. Yeah. And they're like, okay. It's supposed to be her first time. It's supposed so to be her first time. She's a virgin. Yeah. So. so so next thing you know, she's going through town. So at the same time, mind you, like I said, this it comes back and forth. We're just going to do the story as a whole together. When we get to see a secondary character, because so there's a girl, and she's making out, a separate girl, she's making out with this mysterious costume man. And the next thing you know, she looks down and she's got blood everywhere where he's been kissing and stuff. And then he reveals fangs. So we're like, oh shit, there's a vampire in this yeah. story. So she tries to get away. He ends up killing her, putting it in there. So then as Anna Paquin's character is leaving the area, this mysterious vampire man is following her. Mm-hmm. And they go through the woods to get to this party. So at one point, she's tipped off that there's somebody following her. And she's like, hey, just come out. Show yourself. I know you're there. Come I know on. you're there. I can hear you. And what happens next, Ron, is fun as hell. <laughs> we see the Red Riding Hood hood go flying to the ground near all the other girls during this party. And they're like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, my God, it's Laura. Oh, no. Oh, no. And when they reveal who it is, Ron, who is it? It is the vampire. It is the vampire who who is begging for his life. And then you find out it's the principal. That's right. It's the principal from the first (laughs) opening story. And he doesn't know what's going on. Well, Anna Paquin shows up. She's having a beer. She's talking to her sister. She's like, you'll get through this. It's the first. So she comes over and he's like, what is going on? And he's all terrified. His leg's broken. He can't get away. Yeah. And she goes, be gentle with me. It's my first time. And then the reveal comes. These women are all, they're all werewolves. (laughs) They start peeling their skin off and they are eating. Like before he gets to her, 
he realizes that everybody around is dead and bitten. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? Yep. And then, yes, he's. it's presumed that he's getting eaten. By the way, great soundtrack moment. They play Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson yep. during this, which adds to the creepiness of the movie. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a solid point. Like, in, It's one of the best werewolf transformations in there because uh, like, they don't just turn into werewolves. They actually rip off their skin. So, Absolutely. And, yeah. it, and it's, it's pretty... It's gnarly. It's it's pretty freaky looking if you can't handle it because it's just like they just rip off the skin like it's a like a mask, and then it's just there and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. They're just, that's how they transform. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And then when it ends, it's pretty cool. I dug the story as well. I love the transformation. I love like the first time you see this and you don't know it's werewolves. Yeah, it's fucking great. I, I really dug it. How did you feel about it? No, it was it was definitely solid. Like when I first saw this uh, years ago, and I because I, I was late to the party. Because I was like, it was one of those video on demands, and I kind of forgot about it. So I didn't see it until three years ago, I think it was, for the first time. And it, it was solid. I'm like, oh, okay, that's the story. Gotcha. I yeah. like it. Next up, we have three young kids who we've been seeing trick-or-treating and collecting pumpkins along the way. And they stop to pick up uh, Rhonda, who they call Retard Rhonda. <laughs> Not our words, theirs. Now, obviously, 2007 was a little different time. And basically, then they explain that she's an idiot savant. Yeah. So they get some pumpkins from her because she carved all these beautiful pumpkins. And they they go off. And where they end up going is a rock quarry. And at the rock quarry, we get the story of a bus driver who drove a special bus full of special <laughs> kids back in the, I do believe it was like the 1950s or 60s. Uh, yeah. And... The parents got tired of these kids, so they paid the bus driver off to kill their kids. But one of them got free and kind of messed it up a little bit. He just wanted to go home. He just wanted to go home, but uh, he shouldn't have probably been driving that bus and drove it right into the quarry, which I think that that's where they were going anyways. But the bus driver ended up going with him. But the bus driver lives, and we see all the masks come up, and they drowned or whatever. So they go, and they take the elevator down to the quarry, and they say, well, there's only room for three people in here. So you guys, we'll send the keys back up. You can come down after. Yeah. So afterwards, uh, Rhonda and the other boy come down, and then we get to find out what it is. Uh, the The other three kids dress up like they're zombies. They scare the shit out of Rhonda, uh, and the other kid is in on it, obviously, yeah. as well. And she's terrified. She ends up whacking her head pretty good. Glasses get broken. Glasses get broken. It's crazy. So, you know, the one boy who seems to be kind of nice but still is doing mean things, you know, tells them to stop, get their stuff, they're leaving. And as they're getting their stuff and kicking pumpkins into the water, we they start to hear voices. Children's voices. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, the dead kids have returned. Yeah. <laughs> and they are uh, not playing any games with them. Rhonda ends up inside of the elevator. They're all begging for their lives to get in. And Rhonda does the right thing. And she hits the up button. And she's like, I'm out. And then you can just hear the carnage from yeah. down below. I This is one of the late tamer stories, of course. I don't think they want to murder kids on... Uh, the tape, but they are murdered. They are murdered. You can tell. You can hear it. Uh, but sometimes I think the theater of the mind is way better. Yeah, I like this story. This is my least favorite out of all of them, but that's not saying much. It, it's one of those urban legend stories, more or less. Like, right, and that's how they say. It. That's how they started off because they're like, oh, the bus went into the quarry and. There was a special needs bus, and they were all special kids, and they were coming home for Halloween. And it was like, yeah, definitely like 1960s-esque because the masks were all homemade. They were all, you know, homemade clothes and stuff for their for the kids, special needs kids, which is fine. Um, and it's very 
you hear like oh it's an urban legend like it's one of those that's what that's what they was trying to pull at is just this possible story that could be true or not be true but then you end up finding out it is true once again i do enjoy it i'm just saying i enjoyed it less than the other ones but that doesn't mean anything this is all star right here yeah so we come to the final story and that is mr krieg and this kind of ties everything the reason i did this one last is because it ties everything together because earlier in the movie like early early on when we see the principal when we see principal wilcox after he has his initial interaction with uh mr krieg yeah there's a part where he's going back in the house and all of a sudden you see Mr. Krieg like grabbing onto the, the like his, he's got the bars, bars on, on his, his windows window. and he's grabbing, he's tapping, yeah. he's like, help me, Wilcox, you asshole, help me. Yeah, he's got bars on his windows, he's got multiple locks on his doors, like he doesn't trust anybody. And then we see something jump on him and everything. Yeah. So like, like you're like, oh shit. Well, now we get to it. So then we get to see his whole interaction with Wilcox from his perspective. And then we also get to find out what's going on. And what's going on is that our little... Halloween demon Sam has taken offense to what Mr. Krieg does by scaring children and stealing their candy and stealing their candy. So he's decided that it is time to pay because that's what he does. So he gets into Mr. Krieg's house and after he gets in the house, he causes him immense pain. There's a kind of a struggle. There's a lot of fighting going yeah. on. At one point in Junction, we did see earlier in the movie, Mr. Krieg burning pictures and stuff in his fireplace. He's a drunk. He's he's a hermit. Nobody like knows who he is and what he's done. Which is weird that it happens to be this night that he's burning these pictures, but yeah. plot armor. Yes, of course. It is plot armor. So he gets into a pretty good with Sam. He ends up getting the mask off of Sam, which we, then we get to see him in his normal form, which is this pumpkin skeleton demon. Like a better version of Pumpkinhead? Yes, I agree. <laughs> and he ends up getting uh, shooting him and everything, and you know it doesn't kill him because he's a pumpkin demon, damn it. He's a cool pumpkin demon. He is though. a cool pumpkin demon, though. I do enjoy it. And at one point in juncture, he puts himself back together and everything. It's great. <laughs> it's great. So at the end of it, ironically enough, Sam bites... The, his his candy, his lollipop, to get it ready to kill Mr. Krieg, but then stops and doesn't kill Mr. Krieg. Instead, he gives him candy, remember? Yes. And then he just fucks off. Well, next thing you know, we see Mr. Krieg giving out candy to the next kids that come, and, and he looks like he's kind of like repenting. It's almost like the end of like a Christmas story with yeah. Ebenezer Scrooge. So Mr. Krieg is having this moment, and then when it peels back, he sees Sam. And then Sam is now looking across the street. And at that time, we see the young girl, which we saw earlier in the movie, uh, Rhonda, coming yep. across the street with a wheelbarrow, almost getting hit by an SUV that's driven by the werewolf chicks. Yep. Which we kind of saw in the beginning of the movie, but you didn't make them out. You yeah. find it out later. Did, and then you're looking at what happened in the beginning of the movie to the lady who was by humbugging Halloween. Yes. And we're like, holy shit, they tied it all together. Yeah, like the, the the werewolf chicks coming in, the, the throwaway is that they have a New York State license plate. Yes. Right? And this is all takes place in Ohio. So it's like when you first, you're like, why does that car have out-of-state plate, plates if they're living in Ohio? You think you're, it's all they're there, but then you hear it in their story, like the, the girl's story that they're like, oh, we could have just went to the city. And they're like, no, nah, we, we had to come here. Right. Which, which is weird because if they're talking, most people in New York, when they say city, they mean New York City. And Ohio's like... <laughs> Right, right. So like six, six hours away. Especially but, this is a, a small town, even. Yeah. So after that, we get our final number because Mr. Krieg closes the door and then he hears a knock at the door, assumes it's more trick-or-treaters, opens the door, and when he does, it is the dead special needs kids from the van. 
What do we find out at that point? Mr. Krieg was the damn bus driver. Yes, he was. So they've so Sam he, saved him to come back, and we end the movie with Mr. Krieg getting his. Yes, it, like it, they they they're there. They they basically start to move in, and it fades to black. Right, and you can hear him screaming yeah. and some some uh, munching sounds, if you will. <laughs> uh, so that is in a nut, that that is the movie right there. And uh, like I said, likes and dislikes of the movie. Uh, there's a little bit of plot armor in this movie. Don't get me wrong. There's not, a little not, bit, not tons, but not, there not is, a ton. with, especially to, re, to keep the story of Mr. Krieg hidden. Yeah. That's where they use, mostly use it. Right, because uh, the bus driver, you know, has a uh, class ring on through through the whole thing. And then you don't see the class ring on Mr. Krieg until uh, the end. You yeah. When he's fighting Sam, you don't see it at all. I don't think it's actually on him until then. So I think that they, they actually had it off until, until that scene. So you didn't accidentally see it ahead of time. Because you don't see it at all. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. I will say this. Uh, it's one of my favorite Halloween pieces. Yeah, like for this season, it's it's super good. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, I I'm more gu- like we just talked about the movie. I more gush about all the great things that happen in the movie than uh, the plot armor. I think that's pretty much the only thing that really bothers me is a little bit of plot armor. But it's not even that it's, much compared to other movies. No, it's and it's not bad. Like it's just it's just how you have to intertwine a story in an anthology series. It's it's it's, it's the, like I said the one the couple plot armor things like I said is nothing major. Um, we you pretty much only notice it more uh, after you've seen it multiple times. The first time you kind of don't really pay attention to it all. Um, like I said, burning pictures on Halloween that just happened to be the kid you know the picture of the kids and all that stuff. It's like why if if you were the bus driver and you survived and they fell in and like why would you have to keep the picture that long? But that's just me. I agreed. Agreed. Well, now we're going to move on to, uh, before we give our scores, let's let's look at the scores around the internet. Of course, there's no reason to play the game here just because it's just me and Ron. So I'm just going to get the scores out. So IMDB gave Trick or Treat 6.7 out of 10. Okay. Just Watch has it at 77%. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 81%. Mm-hmm. And Google users have it at 83%. Actually, that's, they're I all, think they're all fair scores. They're all fair scores, and they're actually all right around each other. So, All fair scores. With that being said, though, it is now time for us to give a grade. First, we're going to give the nerd score. Then I'm going to give my critic score for this film. So first of all, let's go over the nerd scores. If you're not familiar with the 3FM podcast nerd scores, don't worry. We're going to give you a rundown right now. A one, it, it Basically, it's a, it's a score that is built up of three parts. The first part is your critic score. So your critic score does come into account here. Second is entertainment value. So even if it's a bad critical movie, but it's super entertaining, you could actually get a higher nerd score. And last but not least, it's a recommendation at the end of the day. That's why it's in just one of five spots. So the scale is as follows. A one is no. It, that means it's terrible. You should never watch this movie. It's not worth your time. It's the worst of the worst. A two is you've been warned. This means that this movie's not terrible, but it's not good either. So you've been warned. You probably shouldn't see it. A three is, ah, it's good. This is an average to good movie. These aren't essential films to watch, but at the same time, you know what? If it's on, you, you might as well watch it, or if you get a chance to watch it, if you have nothing to do, it's fine, but it's not really essential. You shouldn't be rushing to see it. You shouldn't be rushing to add it to a collection, but it's not. It's, it's a worthwhile watch. You're not going to regret seeing it. Then we have four. Just take my money. This These are the essential movies. These are movies that are very good to great. They're movies that you're going to want to add to your collection, see them in theaters if it is a newer film. These are movies that 
you definitely want to go out of your way to see. And last but certainly not least is Rarified Air. It's called Certified Nerd. These are the classics. These are movies that are epic. These are movies that are super great. These are movies like Jaws and the original Halloween and Jurassic Park and the such. And of course, these are all our opinions. So obviously you might have some other in there, but Certified Nerd is the gold standard. Ronald, with that being said, what do you give Trick or Treat and why? All right. So Trick or Treat, uh, like I said, I was late to the party, so I didn't see this until a few years ago. I rewatching it on the big screen. I definitely am pushing it to Certified Nerd. The reason why is because it is a solid Halloween slasher vampire werewolf It's a movie. little bit of everything. Rolled into one. Zombies. Like... It, it tells a story that happens on Halloween night. Most slashers and horror movies that come out during Halloween time is just because it's Halloween. That's when they promote these. They're not Halloween movies. Like, Halloween obviously is a Halloween movie, but that's even gotten away from a, from it a little bit. This one, there is a continuation story in a graphic novel form, um, which my buddy from my Wednesday game group, Josh and Mike, went to go with us to see this. And Mike's was first time watching this, and he jumped at a couple points. So it's one of those movies that when somebody doesn't know what's going on, they can like they'll have their jump scares and whatever, and it and he enjoyed it too. So this is why I push it to Certified Nerd. It's definitely viewing. It's definitely something you want to watch once a, if if not multiple times a year, once a year, right around this time of year. Where it's definitely something like oh, you haven't seen this? Let's watch it. So it's definitely Certified Nerd to me. Right on, right on. I will say this. I like how you put it. It is, it's a little potpourri of the, the Halloween season. There's part slasher. There's part zombie film. There's vampires. There's werewolves. Oh, my. There's a little bit of everything. It's also a great story. It's a unique story, the way they put it together. Uh, in a lot of ways, you think it wouldn't work, but it does. Mm-hmm. And how everything connects in together. It's almost like a horror version of Crash without all the, you know, sappy or parts. Or go, yeah. And the same thing, yeah. Just like you, I give this a certified nerd. I've I've loved this movie. This is one of my essential Halloween flicks. When it comes to the Halloween October season, you can guarantee that I'm watching Trick or Treat. It's just one of those, you know, this is like, this is what Die Hard is to Christmas. True. You know, this it's an essential film to watch in a holiday season. So that's why I give it a certified nerd. And um, as far as my critic score, I give it an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, there's just a couple things, you know, there's a lot of off the screen stuff. I'm a bigger fan of like the kills, but when it does get brutal, it does get brutal. There is some really cool and it's all practical. Like the head on the little lazy Susan thing yep. is pretty cool. Uh the, the definitely the werewolf stuff is amazing. Uh I, I love the opening kill. It's, yep. it's gruesome. You don't see the kill, but the aftermath you get to see, and yeah. it's gruesome. Like so, when they when they show stuff, they really show stuff. They do a little bit off the of screen, which I, I deduct a couple points for that. I do like the theater of the mind. That being said, but I, there's always something that's going to deduct some points there for yeah. that. The little bit of plot armor they go a little far on. I get why they did it, but it, you know, once again, I'm not punishing it that much. Think about yeah, it. It's got it's, it's got a point and a half off. And if you really go by me, I don't ever give anything a ten anyways. Like I yeah. think the highest you can get is like a nine and a half, nine point seven five. So like this is only really a point off. Yeah. So I, I really do think that this movie is really fantastic, and I think everybody should see it. So eight and a half out of ten, and we're both certifying it nerd over here. So yeah. it's also an original horror monster into as in Sam and get to see all that is actually a huge plus to this. That's another reason why I put it as a certified nerd. I agree. I definitely agree. If you haven't seen it and you just heard the review, trust me, it will not ruin to go see this movie. Check it out. It is definitely a great movie. Well, 
As you heard, this month, instead of doing the 3FN Horror Show bi-weekly, there'll be three of them. So this upcoming Friday, you're going to get another one, and it's going to be for a brand new movie. It's going to be for Terrifier 2. We're seeing it on Sunday. Finally, it's coming to our area, so we will be seeing it on Sunday. So next Friday, you will get an extra 3FN Horror Show, the second episode. It'll be Terrifier 2, of course, and then we will finish out the month with the original Halloween 1978, as you should when you get close to Halloween time. Once again, thank you for joining us on this new venture. We're going to be adding some things in and some sounds in and all sorts of crazy stuff and making this its own. But we just wanted to get the first one under the belt and out there. And you know what? We got an opportunity to see Trick or Treat on the big screen. And I felt like that would be a great way to open, especially since it's October and it is the Halloween season. Yes. Thank you for tuning in to 3FN Horror Show. To get a hold of the 3FN Podcast and all that we do, visit 3FNPodcast.com. That will give you all of the social medias. There's a Patreon link there. There's a Public link there. There's Friends of the Show there. There's the Musical Directory there. There is the local sponsors there and so much more. So make sure you check out 3FNPodcast.com for all of that great information. Now it is time to say goodbye to all of our company. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully you will tune in when we review Terrifier 2. Until then, for myself and Ronald, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and be really careful around the things that go bump in the night.